All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Episode 191 of the DFO Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Frank Saravalli. After uh, a, a week off, really, uh, I was in Arizona. Frank, of course, was in Florida. For uh, One was working, one wasn't working. Frank, how you doing? I'm good, yeah. Uh, nice uh, nice all-star weekend in Florida. Great to hang out with Tyler and, uh, and spend a few days around 44 of the best hockey players on the planet. Well, the weather looked good. It did until Saturday. Saturday it got like super windy and rainy, so no good. Oh, okay. But before that, it was and it was you know what was really cool was seeing Florida through the eyes of Tyler for the first time. He had never been there before, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, well, it's a pretty nice place. I remember we were there for the draft a few years ago, and um, yeah, it's a perfect weather. I know. Well, let's let's recap it, Frank. Well, what do you make of the All Star Game? By the way. Um, or hey, that, just wait. You made it to January, right? You made yeah. it to January third. Are you extending? Uh no. I, I it was extremely satisfying over All Star Weekend to hit up the elbow room and uh, and move on from dry January. But need to let you know that uh, episode one ninety one of the DFO Rundown is presented by our friends at Athletic Brewing. And just because dry Jan is in the rearview mirror doesn't mean you can't keep the good times rolling. Join me and enjoy Athletic Brewing's award-winning lineup of craft, non-alcoholic beers. Trust me, these brews, they don't lack anything, and more importantly, they don't come with the hangover. Use promo code FRANK20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until February 28th. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all face-offs, fit for all times. And Jason, maybe that was the toughest part, knowing that you know, I was able to enjoy a few uh, athletic brews over dry Jan to then transition back to uh, to the to the alcohol. I definitely had a little uh, little scaries of the hangover. That was the best part was the no consequences after the fact. Oh, hey, dude, um, I just I, don't I read, recover like I used to. No, well, I, I read a book, um, Strength by Strength. Uh, I'm big. I'm a big reader, of course. And so I'm always looking for for different books. And, um, and this one really outlined it. If you want to live a, a long, healthy life and, you know, actually, you know what the number one reason all this scientific studies show to having a, you know, living a longer, happier life, you know what the number one thing is you need in your life? What's that? Good relationships. That's surprise me. Right. Uh, you know, spouse, partner, whatever you name, um, whatever you want to you know have but uh friendships and then of course there was like not no, no smoking was a uh, top of the list and uh alcohol as long as it's like you can have a drink or two but if, if you have problems with it then it becomes a big issue so uh, athletic brewing would be one if you want to live a health a longer life you could maybe start with athletic brewing yeah luckily now, for me not an issue 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Um, let's let's get down to the All Star game, and I guess maybe let's start with the Bo Horvat because there was the trade leading up to the All Star weekend, and then of course uh, Bo Horvat's at the All Star game. He's wearing the Islander jersey, uh, which you know it's unique, uh, something a, a little bit different. I, Still I guess played, of think. course, for the Pacific. Yes. So uh, it was, and I understand why they did it. it. It made sense, but take us back. What do you think of the trade from both sides? And then the subsequent new uh, eight year deal at uh, 8.5 mil that you reported. Yeah, we we've had um, about a week to digest it now. And, you know, it's a really interesting trade. I think you always try and look at a deal from the perspective of both teams. Like how do they arrive to this point? And most often you can see a path in which it's a win-win and oddly enough, maybe this is just the Negadelphia and me, the the negative Philly guy. But I just, I, I kind of see this trade as a lose-lose for both sides. You know, it depends, of course, on what happens with Atu Ratu and, and what he develops into. And, and certainly not going to knock the player. We haven't really had a chance to see his game develop yet as a 20-year-old. But if you trust people in the scouting community and and I do certain people and their opinion just from a pure Vancouver's perspective, they, they see the two players that they got back in Beauvillier and Ratu as third line players. So two third line players and a first round pick that is pretty likely to convey this year and be in the mid first round in a good draft, which is a fine place to be. Um, From the Islander perspective, it's now that you have the commitment in place of $68 million, it's a lot. Like I, mm-hmm. I, it, I, it's every penny of market value. Like, I don't know that had he gone to market, he would get any more. Um, and that's with someone offering the ability of eight years. Let's say someone, um, I don't know. I, like I, I just, the Islanders are clearly Lou Lamorello is a big believer in what they have. Yeah, and and that's on paper more so than in the results because the results haven't been there, and we have a big enough track record now to speak to it. I think Bo Horvat's a great player. I think he's had a statistical outlier season. Um, I don't think he's going to duplicate scoring ten deflection goals like he has this year. Um, he we know enough about Bo Horvat, I think, to know that he's sort of a twenty-five to thirty goal scorer and a fifty-five to sixty point player. And so, when you have that track record and a long enough sample size in place, yes, is he going to help the Islander power play? One hundred percent. Horvat has reshaped his game in the last few years, particularly working with Adam Oates on being a an incredible net front scorer, but. They've got a lot of term and contracts committed to one of the oldest teams in the league. The only thing that gets me really excited from an Islander perspective is if they do get in, they've got the goalie that can carry them pretty far. And so maybe that's the calculus that you're leaning on if you're Lou Lamorello, but he's taken a roster that he doubled down on in the summer and has now tripled down on it with Horvat. Maybe it helps that there's no signing bonus and you could potentially buy out the deal at some point. But I don't know. This is a, like we're going to need a long time to digest this one. And I bet you in varying stages, this kind of unfolds in the way that the PK Subban for Weber deal is where one side looked really good early and then it flip flopped back and forth a couple of times until neither side was really happy with where it ended up. I look at it. You know, you're 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 bang on that Vancouver scouting is is going to have to be correct for this trade to work for them. So not not only the pro scouts who who said okay let's get Ratu but then now as you talked about the first round pick right and uh, you know Beauvillier is he a third liner a guy who can moonlight it? I think he's a middle six four I you know what I that's I think a fancy be, way of saying third line player well no but I think he can be a complimentary top six four right he's not he's not a guy who's going to drive it but very few teams and I've looked this up over the years very few teams have six legit top six guys all time. Right now, the top contending teams do, but I, I would say eighty percent of the league doesn't. Um, you know, based on production and everything like that. So, you know, can Beauvillier, who's played in the top six most of his time, be that in Vancouver? Probably, but he's not. Like Bo Horvat, I think is more of a legit top six. So straight up today, they downgrade. So they're going to need their scouting staff to do their job 
And if they do, then maybe the, the trade works out for them. You know, they got, they got three pieces. So they're hoping that three sometime can, can be better. The Islanders, Frank, I agree with you. You know, they get better right now. There's no question. And I, and I think that this looks at Lou Lamarillo and I think they're, they're thinking the exact same thing you are. If we get in the playoffs, we have a goalie who can steal games. Fact. I don't think anyone debates that. Sorokin uh-huh. is a legit top three goalie in the league. And there's just, there's not many of them that you'll know going in every year to say, okay, this guy's top five. There's just not many. So that's what they got to build off of. I think it's a big risk. No, no question about it. And like Bo Horvat will come in. He'll, he'll, he'll do exactly what the Islanders want, which is be a solid player who's not spectacular offensively. So and just looking at Bovillier, the, the Islanders, right. And, and going back to Bovillier for a second, he's played almost 500 games in the NHL. Like we have a really good idea of what this guy is and his career average is 18 goals and 37 points. Yeah. That's third line production. Like I, like could he play up there in break glass in case of emergency? A hundred percent. Are his playoff numbers good? Yeah, they are. Um, but I, I think what, what Vancouver's mantra has been, which is to retool as opposed to rebuild, what that does is it really ratchets up the pressure on their trades that they make when you're bringing players back in. You can't miss. There's there's no margin for error. And that's a big swing to take with Beauvillier and Ratu. It just is. Uh, the first round pick, like I said, is great. Uh, and maybe you take the long view and hope that uh, the Islanders pick lands in the top 12 this year. And that way you get an unprotected pick next year. I don't think that's going to happen. My guess is that they finish. If they don't make the playoffs, they're only going to be a couple points out, especially with Horvat. Now they're probably too good to be too far out. Um, it, it This is going to be a fascinating trade. I'm, I'll tell you that like three years from now, we'll be able to look back and figure it out. Yeah, that's fair. You're right. I um, Sometimes you want to make an instant analysis and say there's automatically a winner. And, and I think it's fair to say right now today, there isn't an automatic winner, which maybe can make the, the trade interesting. I was sure. going to say, maybe that makes it a, I said, I use the term lose-lose and maybe that's unfair. Maybe this part, maybe this trade is equal risk of both teams. Yeah, that's fair. I would agree. Uh, anything from the All-Star game to wrap, Frank, that uh, stood out for you? Um. Not, I mean, look, I went into this, and if you rewind a few pods, you'll hear me say the All-Star game doesn't matter. And so then I can't sit here today and say All-Star weekend stunk and that I've been to every All-Star weekend except for one since 2008, and they've this was maybe the least memorable. You don't get it both ways. So that's um, that's unfair. I just, I just think it could be better. That's all. I think that's the thing I, I leave with is like, A, the buy-in from players is piss poor. Uh, they don't care. And B, um, so much of what the league did at All-Star Weekend, they try hard. Like I, I give them full props for A, trying to make it look really good. B, coming up with new ideas to try and spice it up. And C, um really putting some creative thought process into it. But here's the thing, when you're going to do things like skits and you're going to have players, you know, sort of be outside their shell, whether it's at the uh, splash shot on the beach or the, the, uh, the golf thing that they had going on for skills, you need authentic actors and NHL players, first off, because of the buy-in, they don't give it to you. And second, I think we want personality from these guys, and I just don't know that that many have it. I really don't. Like, the Kachucks were born for that weekend. Um, they're Frankly, their whole family. Like, I love seeing Big Walt fist pump after Matthew scored a hat trick. Like, uh, they lived it up. Uh, they had a blast, including a, a visit to the elbow room, the world-famous elbow room. But uh, multiple visits, I should say. But... It just a lot of it felt forced, like the happy Gilmore thing or the Miami vice shootout attempt with Mitch Martin. It just like, it was like, it was over the top and it was way too long. Three hours and change for skills competition is insanity. And 
over three hours for the actual all-star game itself way too long that, that was i was gonna say to me condense it less is more that, that that has to be the the plan moving forward um it'll obviously be in uh, toronto next year so uh any uh, any outdoor f- activities will likely be a little bit different which is okay um you know what the, maybe maybe they'll make a, a speed skating race uh on the streets or something what, like that so what would you do like what would you do to spice it up well i, I my, my, mine doesn't really have to do with the game. I've always said, just have the best players there. That'd be my, that'd be the easiest start for me. Um, the, the game itself, I have no issue with. I don't expect players to try that hard in that game. It's, I, I don't want, you know, if I'm a GM or a fan, why do I want my best player risking injury in a game that means nothing? It was um, the skills that they, that was, it was most evident that they do not care and are not trying. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, to me, m- make it, Take the money away from the game and put some money onto the skills. I think you'd have a better chance of of having um, you know guys shooting harder, skating faster, doing whatever a little bit better. Um, I would probably buy buy into that more because the so what would the price need to be like? So player for winning a skill now, I have to check the numbers, but I think a couple of years ago I looked it up and it was thirty thousand per skill that you won. Yeah. What like what's the number that you would need? It's like. You know, I, I did uh, the Fan 590 drive show this morning, and Justin Cuthbert was saying, make it a million dollars per skill, and all of a sudden you'll have guys interested. I'm like, of course you would, but yeah, that's who the heck's going to bankroll a million dollars per skill? They're, they're, they're not making money as it is. They're not, they're not going to do that. They're losing was, money. They're actually yeah. spending money. And I think that's kind of the reminder of the weekend is like, you know, depending on your perspective, like I think All-Star Weekend is for the kids. Like, And, and you see... OV, and I'm not just talking players, kids like OV Jr. I'm talking like all the kids that are in attendance. Yeah. But Gary Bettman said at his press conference that they had a, a near record or potential record 7,000 sponsors and guests that came to All Star Weekend on the NHL's dime as a way to say thank you and to be around the game. That's like, that's really what it's, it's not about the actual game or the skills itself. It's about getting everyone together in one place. And I think that's fine. So just say it then either get rid of one of the skills or the all-star game and just make it just skills or make it just the game itself. Like, I don't think you need to do it over two nights. Well, I understand the two nights cause there's TV and stuff. So I get all that. Um, you know, the NBA does it like that too. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I do think you, you probably can have fewer skills competitions. I think that, uh, and maybe go back to just some on nice ones that that's hockey, let, you know, let's see a few saucer passes, something different like that. Like, heck the goalie, the goalie goal might've been the, the highlight of the, uh, of the, of the skills. You know what the highlight was for me? And it, it, it obviously won't get a lot of publicity and I'm not, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but I thought it was like, so on brand. So they did the splash shot. And and what you saw on TV was it was obviously taped the day before and it was pretty heavily edited. Um, but the, so as the players are doing it, the the surfboards weren't they weren't collapsing appropriately or as they should have been. And so apparently Nathan McKinnon like drilled all of his and they didn't go down and he was actually like pretty upset that he didn't win. And I was just like that is peak McKinnon like on brand. Well, I get for- it. No, I get it too. Like you did the work, you showed up and it malfunctioned, but it was like peak McKinnon. I love it. Just the ultimate competitor. Like, yeah, I'm here. I want to win. Let's do it. Well, hundred percent. I agree. Like if, if you're going to have a skills competition like that, then let them go again. If it malfunctioned, that's a farce. If uh, you know, right. There's controversy, Frank, right there. That's the, uh, I, I wasn't the there. So I, I was just, that was the word on the street. That was the right. insider buzz okay. from, uh, from South Florida. Hey, Jay, before we keep moving along, I got to let you know that we're doing a giveaway on our Instagram with our friends at Montana's. They're bringing back the viewing party all season long. They've got a great lineup of daily deals, as well as their new comfort menu that they've launched. Today is Monday. That means half price wings at Montana's. Check it out. Uh, Check out our campaign on Instagram. You can win a $50 gift card, which could go a long way with their fantastic lineup of daily deals. Head on over to montanas.ca for more details. We'll be back right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now let's get to, uh, uh, you know, some other trades. The San Jose Sharks traded uh, uh, the defenseman Magna, who's being in their top pair. I'm not saying he's a top pair defenseman on a playoff team by any stretch, but he makes $762,500 for this season and next year, Frank. And they traded him for a fourth round pick. Why? Like, what does that do for a team that doesn't have an abundance of depth defenseman and a guy? Now, as I've said, he's playing too high in their lineup for what he is as a defenseman, but it's 706. If they had any hope of re-signing Timo Meyer. And just said, you know what? We're going to bite the bullet. We're going to give him nine mil over eight years. And and here we go. And we're going to need a lot of value contracts at other positions for part of this rebuild. Because Timo Meyer's their best forward. To me, it's not even close. He's their best forward. There was a prime player that you could have for dirt cheap. And you traded him for a fourth round pick that has about a 9% chance of ever playing in the NHL. Like, I don't understand this trade. Help me out. Okay, so what I would say is, and this is like of no disrespect to the player, I'm going to use a football term. Jacob Magna is a jag, just a guy. And the only part about Jacob Magna that's valuable is really the second year of his contract at 762.5, to your point. League minimum, because league minimum next season jumps to 775,000. So Jacob Megna is someone that having played a hundred, only 135 games in the NHL at the age of 30 is sort of a quintessential seven, eight guy on a decent team. And he actually went the 2020, 21 season without an NHL contract, just so you know, was in the AHL. He's a classic sort of, if you're thinking about a normal calendar year, he's he's a classic sign in early August type of player. So to get a fourth round pick for a guy that the Sharks essentially plucked off the scrap heap, like why wouldn't you take that value? I know I that it's nine percent, but like Jacob Megna, the team's in twenty eighth place. Like I I had, you know, some of our guys on our news team chit-chatting in our slack chat like they were basically saying the same thing as you he's played a ton of minutes almost 700 minutes this year with eric carlson why wouldn't you just keep him and i'm like why would you eric carlson can play with anyone number one and number two you can just go get yourself another jacob megna i guess in theory but i just to me it's a sign of like last year when they traded jacob middleton Solid player, wasn't going to have a high cap hit this year. And they got a, a mid-round pick for him. I actually got Capo Kakinen, who I'm not sure if he has the core strength to be a great goaltender. So we'll see. Look at his save percentage. And to me, it's a sign of when teams are in rebuilds, Frank, the, wor- the, ba- the thing they do the worst is they get rid of quality NHL players for hope and a prayer. 
Uh, here, here's what I would respond to you. Jacob Magda is not a quality NHL player. This is, I, and again, I'm not. As a third pair defenseman, you need he's good a seven eight. He's a he's a replacement level player. It's fact. He he's oh. not even a he until this season. He's never been a full time NHL player. Oh yeah. Well, guys find their find their roles different time. He's played well enough on he's San Jose. Thirty Frank. years old. He he's he's on the wrong side of thirty and has yeah. never been a full time NHL player. Like I, this isn't, isn't even hope. NHL. This it's not hope. It, it's he is what he is, and I'm again not knocking him or bashing him. He's a seven eight on a good team. He yeah, should not, not have been team. playing nineteen minutes a night on the Sharks. It's why yeah. they're in twenty eighth place. So unless to me, unless they're they're saying, "Hey, we're trying to get Bedard," that's the only way this trade makes sense. Because they just they don't have anybody to replace him with right now. Like Jacob McDonald suddenly going to play all these minutes. Right, who like Mario cares? can't play him anymore. Who who cares? They're not trying to be good. I don't like. I don't understand the consternation on this deal. So, do you think the Sharks are going in a full rebuild? Yes. Look at their four. How can you go in a full rebuild when you have Carlson, Couture, and Hurdle? They need to do everything they can to move mil. off of those contracts. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. We'll see. I just. To me, when you look at how teams value D-men, um, I isn't, thought they sold low early is all. Isn't the point of uh, like engaging in any discussion about Carlson and let alone doing it so publicly, given the season that he's having, isn't that a, an essential admission that they are trying to rebuild? Like, I, I, I mean, go through all the deals that they made. Brent Burns already, like they're, I don't know, they're going to be tearing it down. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, they'd be better off signing Timo Meyer because I'm not sure you're going to get you. Like, we talk about Bo, Bo Horvat, and I think Meyer's a better player. I'm not sure the return they're going to get is is even close to what his value is going to be. Especially okay. if they do it at so the deadline. So why would I you think, double? I think it's like, they're better it, they're, off. They would be the Islanders 3.0. Why would you double down? Or essentially, you already did this last year with Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, different different manager though, right? But what I'm saying is, okay, Timo Myers had a, an unreal year. He's going to be due s- uh, something in the neighborhood of an eight times nine deal. Yeah. Okay, so you just talked about the cap issues that they have. So now you're going to have Hurdle, Couture, Meyer, Car- Carlson, and Vlasic all signed to deals with major term seven million dollars or more for a team that will now this is their fourth consecutive season in the lottery zone fourth fourth season in a row you're not winning with these guys what makes you think that re-signing them is a good idea well that's what i'm saying i I, well to me meyer is re-signed because he's your best player if you get rid of him you lose the trade and then you're you're the pain's gonna last even longer which is fine that's what they do but why double down to keep him like I don't care what the return is. The point is we're not committing this term and dollars to a player that we're not going to win with anyway. I guess, but um, Hey, those other contracts weren't signed by Mike Greer. And I think it's important to notice that. And, and to me that illustrates where like this team didn't have much direction the last few years. And you know, Mike Greer is in there to try to clean up a mess, and I'm just not sure it's good. Like, he he's going to get stuck, Frank, and I think he'll have horrible results. And people will say he did a bad job, and he might not have ever had a legit shot to start. Maybe, but he's far from the first person to ever take over an NHL team. You know, saddled with shitty contracts, I'll say that. So yeah. every every other GM that takes over in exactly the same type of situation finds a way to work their way out of it. And he's already started to do it. The results will be there in five years. It's way too early to judge him. So no one's even beginning to do that. He needs to clean up the mess of the previous regime and then start to build. Yeah, I just think, I think they lose that trade. Magna, at, at worst, you know, he can play in the NHL. And basically for league minimum for this year and next year. Okay, so let, let's reverse the scenario to, to recap. At best, you know, this is again, at best, he can play in the NHL. No, not no at one, best. 
He's a third. I think he's a third pair guy. You watch. He'll go into Seattle, and I think he'll have better numbers he had in San Jose because he'll be slotted in more where he should be in the lineup. Or is that just a result of playing on a better team? Well, no, a little bit of both. He he on even on San Jose, like bad teams end up playing guys Frank above their their uh, their weight class, if you want to call. It. Happens He's playing all the time. Twenty two minutes a night the last bunch of games because they're clearly showcasing him to try and move him. Yeah, well, and injuries. So yeah, well, they just don't have any depth. That's my point. So I, I guess to me, hey, I guess the tank is on for sure. Because they just traded a guy who, as you said, plays a lot of minutes, and they have nobody that can can replace him and, and be even serviceable. There's no other, like you say, he's just a guy, but they don't even have another guy that can replace him, and I think be as well. That's well, cool. so. they're in 28th place, so what does it matter if they replace him or not? I guess is my point. Yeah, I just think it's a sign of bad teams. Bad teams it's a terrible away. team. It's a terrible team that needs to get their act together. And a now, very speaking- expensive team, by the way. Oh, Their yeah. actual salary commitment this year is it's legit. It's oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's right near the top. It's $86 million in pure salary, you know, spending. And next year they've got another 65 committed to it. I wonder if they'll end up bite the bullet and buy out Vlasic. That, that's the obvious option, but it's still, you buy him out. That's six years of pain. Um, Ron Hextall, speaking of direction, they signed a lot of guys long-term. He came out and said he's not trading his first. Does mm-hmm. this surprise you? Yes. It does because um, I, I just don't understand the process. Like, I yes, I understand it's a special draft. I understand that it's deeper than most. We had Craig Button on a few podcasts back to really dive into it. And I asked him about the tiers of this draft in, you know, you've got sort of one at Bedard and then you've got two to four or five where there's a next set of franchise players, including Fantilli. And then he was saying like basically five to 20 are really impactful players for teams. I get why you would not want to, but we're still talking in the mid to late first round three years away from impacting your team and you just signed Evgeny Malkin to a four-year deal and Chris Letang to a six-year deal. This team is in win now mode. What good is saving your first round pick this year? Like you've committed all this to this team and this right now core like, why wouldn't you just commit more to it? I don't I don't quite understand the thought process. Unless this is posturing to really pull off something bigger and say, hey, uh, we're you know, you're really gonna have to pry our first round pick out of us. I just I, I don't think he thinks that way. So I think he's legit in what he's saying. And I look at Pittsburgh, I'm they're right on the cusp, Frank. Look at that playoff race in the East, right? You got Washington, Pitt, Buffalo, the Islanders, and Florida, right? Now, now Pittsburgh is is in the uh, in the best position today when you look at points percentage, and and they obviously have more games to play. And, you know, I think Washington has four games in hand on them. But I, I look at at where the Penguins are at, and I actually think this makes sense. Um, you can still get in with what you have. And then in a deep draft, then, okay, okay, you know what? We have a guy who can maybe help us in year two or, or two years down the road. And we still think our guys are going to be older, but then we'll have a young guy coming in that we we feel our Crosbys and Malkins and Latangs can still uh, shelter a bit and also nurture somewhat. That that has to be their plan of attack. I just, I don't think they're good enough this year to go all in with the first rounder. So they're better off to Is say- it all in though, or is it just- like, I think they have an opportunity here to not just do it for this year, but also to then get a player that helps them for the next few years if you get someone with term. Because you have Zucker coming off the books and Dumoulin coming off the books. That's $9.6 million in space in the summer that you could trade for. I'm not saying stylistically a perfect fit, but like, let's just talk contract wise so you can understand where I'm heading. Brock Besser has two more years at 6.65. I think we all agree that right at this exact moment in time, he's about a million dollars overpaid. However, 6.65 with those two guys coming off the books, you can easily find a way to make that work for next season and beyond. So, so would, you, would you do Besser for a first? 
No, but what yeah. I'm saying is you could probably do Timo Meyer. Yeah, but can you afford Meyer at nine mil? Why not? I just gave you the pathway. Yeah. You yeah. send Kasperi Kapitan to San Jose with whatever pick and prospect you want to try and pull off, and you re-sign Meyer to a long-term deal. Oh, hey, you get Timo Meyer. Now that's that's worth a first round. Timo Meyer to me, Frank, is worth a first rounder all day. So yeah, if you're getting Timo Meyer, but that's exactly gonna... like why like so so help me understand Ron Hextall's thought process here of why you would speak something like that into the ether when you could actually get creative and do something that helps your team now and for the next few years while your core is in place. Yeah, it's fair. I, I, I just, I don't understand the thought process of, of thinking and putting yourself into a box like that. I don't. Yeah. I always wonder, I take some things the GM say with a grain of salt. We've seen many, oh, coach is fine. Two weeks later, he's fired. So he wouldn't be the first GM that says, I'm not making this trade. And then he makes the trade, right? But, I, I just, I think he, he's, his thought process, having known him and followed him very closely, he doesn't like trading first round picks because he's a believer in, in building through the draft. The yeah. problem is that's not what this current team's MO is. It's not time to build through the draft. That's not the window and cycle that they're in. So speaking of the East, Washington, Pittsburgh currently in, Buffalo, Florida, and the Islanders. Um, Buffalo, of, of the three teams that are out, has the best statistical chance when you look at games played and points percentage and all that. Um, I like to look into who they're playing, Frank, uh, down the stretch, right? And games against the worst 10 teams, that's where the majority of everybody has a significantly good record. There, there are some teams like Boston and uh, Toronto, actually, Seattle, funny enough, who have really good records against the rest of the league, like the competitive teams, if we want to call it that. But most of the other, even the playoff teams, Frank, we're talking records of like, you know, 19, 16, and 3, 17, 16, and 3, like, not not great records, but then they most of the teams, for the most part, really play well against the bottom 10. And if you look in the East, Washington only has eight games left against the bottom 10. Pittsburgh has 11. That's the most. Florida and the Islanders have 10. Buffalo has nine. And you look at Florida's record, Frank. Here's the one that stood out to me. Florida versus the, the top 21 teams in the league are 12, 18, and 6. They've won 12 of 30 games. If Florida's going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to have a massive turnaround in being competitive against the competitive teams. I'm not sure you can. Like that's a that's a staggeringly bad record against the other competitive teams. 12, 18, and six. I don't think they get in. And I'll compare that for anybody if you want comparison. Buffalo is 15, 14, and three. Pittsburgh, 15, 16, and 5. Washington, 15, 16, and 5. And the Islanders are 13, 17, and 5. So if you look at it, just based on what we see now, now the Islanders did add Horvat, that are these teams suddenly going to become more competitive and win way more against the other competitive teams? That's what they're going to have to, specifically the Islanders in Florida, if they want to get in. And I'm not sure they can. I think Buffalo's the team to watch. Yes, I think 100%. Buffalo gets in. I said it last week on the pod, but I think Buffalo gets in. Yeah. Oh, the Sabres, you know, their schedule. Now, the injury to Tage Thompson, they say it's not serious, but even if it's a week or two, Frank, at this point, that could be huge. Yeah. I, I it. So I, I reported on Friday that I I don't get the sense that it's going to be long-term. Um, again, obviously serious enough to, to miss All-Star Weekend, which I'm sure he – he wanted to be part of, but yeah, I mean, probably in that range of a week or two. So the Sabres are the team to watch now in the West. Um, you know, the race for the Pacific is, is wide open to see anybody who can win the division. Uh, and then you look at the wild card, Colorado. I think we both agree, Frank, they're making the playoffs. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. So then you put, they're going to have another massive winning streak. I agree. Hey, I, I wouldn't rule out they could win that division still. Honestly. So at, Nathan McKinnon was actually saying that at media day on Thursday, he was like, I can't believe we're in a position to actually not just win the division, but win the West. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I think they, I think there's a real chance they win the division. Yeah. They're, they're, they're primed to go on a run. You Especially hear like Dallas is kind of, they kind of entered the break scuffling a bit. Um, 
I don't really like Minnesota has been in fits and starts and, and Winnipeg has been pretty consistent, but over the last month or so, they've been pretty consistently average. Well, the big thing in the West is the difference between like Edmonton, Seattle, and Calgary. Edmonton and Seattle have 15 games left against bottom 10 teams. Minnesota, LA, and Vegas have nine. Right, so that's six games difference. And when you look at Minnesota is 12, 15, and three against the competitive teams. Um, LA is 17, 16, and three. Vegas, 16, 14, and three. So they're the best uh, of them. But like Seattle's 22 wins. Edmonton, 19 wins against the uh, the best teams. And they have fewer games against them. Like I think the Pacific is going to come down to Edmonton or Seattle to win. And then the wild card is going to be LA, Vegas, Calgary, Minnesota. So what's your level of concern on a one to 10 scale of it for Vegas? I'm going to say five, not like maybe if I want to say about, I'm going to say 5.5 because the, the stone injury is, is a big one emotionally for that team. I think he's their emotional leader. Also, I think Thompson started to slow down, Frank, if you look at his numbers in yeah, January, he really has. right? So they now the advantage they have Frank is if they know that Stone's not coming back because that frees up a massive amount of money for them to want, put them on LTIR. I know that they would then be the first team ever to have a hundred million dollar uh, salary cap uh, as far as money spent. But you know their didn't owners Tampa hit it. that? What was uh, the number no, a few years ago? No, they weren't a hundred. They were ninety eight. Nineties, yeah, ninety eight. Okay, yeah. And so I think uh, the Bill Sto- Foley doesn't care. No, and they got the money. The stone injury, Frank, that's going to decide things. Because if he's out, as much as it hurts him emotionally, it helps him significantly to go out and maybe get a goalie and then also add a few players. I I agree. I, I think they – my guess is they have the green light to do it. They're just not saying it yet. That's fair. They'll probably so you think just Stone's make done the for the regular then, season? I, I think so. I mean, out indefinitely – doesn't sound good. And I told you before that it was a back surgery, yes. a back issue long before they announced that it was back surgery. And there was real concern. They, you know, I thought it was interesting that they said in their release that Stone will make a complete recovery. But when is that? Yes. It might not be till next season. My guess is that he tries to come back at some point during the playoffs probably a fair guess and uh so i but if, if you're the one team i think minnesota has if you're a minnesota fan you got to be concerned because they dominate the bad teams they're 15 2 and 1 but then they're only 12 15 and 3 they're bordering on florida numbers and uh they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find their way against the other competitive teams and so that leads me to the question of matt dumba do you trade him if you're minnesota you got to wait right till the deadline and then if you trade dumba are you admitting that you're out of the race um, I don't think a trading Dumba has any impact on whether they're in or out of the race. How about that? Really? Is that a hot so take? Because he's a top three defenseman on there. And I think he's like, unlike Magna earlier, like Matt Dumba's a legit NHL guy. You know what he is. Of course. Um, You move him. And if you're only moving him for prospects, that's got to weaken your chances, doesn't it? It does, but again, the calculus is one player in, one player out, one player in. Like, what are they going to do with that cap space? Like, what they could do is trade Dumba and either use whatever they get back in return, whether it's assets or um, cap space, to go out and then add. They can already add because they already have cap space. Like, they've been accruing. Mm -hmm. But they could add further. Like they could really be in the mix for a big player cap wise on the rental market. Um, so you say move Dumba, but then add another big player with the money that you've freed up. Essentially. Hmm. Well, Bill Guerin is not afraid to make trades. You don't, so. you don't even need to add to, to move Dumba in to order to add right now. No, I knew that. Yeah. I think the only playoff team who has more cap space than them is Minis- I mean Winnipeg, correct? I think. Uh, no. The, the Wild have double the amount of cap space as as Winnipeg. Oh, well, there you go. So. And they have double the amount of the Islanders. Oh. 
So they're in a good spot. Uh, what's fascinating is if the Sabres, what if they, we just talked Buffalo team. Oh, they watch. got boatloads. Of sp- yeah. yeah, they've got $50 million in cap space because they've been accruing. What if Does Patrick they Kane go and add home? to try Patrick- and get over the playoff hump? Yeah. Does Patrick Kane want to go home? yeah that's the only thing is like i I was thinking about that today with brock besser and i was looking at their lineup like jack quinn has actually had a pretty solid rookie season and victor olafson has actually produced he's got 23 goals already like where do you where would you put a right winger yeah, no, they probably don't need a right winger for being honest. Although Patrick Kane today is an upgrade on Jack Quinn. It's not even close. Of course he, I, I, yeah. like no one's questioning that, but I think you need to go back and think about Buffalo's overall philosophy, which is we're not acquiring any players that get in the way of our young guys. And Quinn is on pace for essentially a 40 point rookie season. Like who wouldn't take that? Yeah, no, it's fair. He's Almost good, good. Tw- like he's like 16, 17 goals and 40 points. Like what's wrong with that? No, nothing. Why why put a roadblock up for a guy that's, I don't know, 21 years old? Well, I guess it depends if they feel they want to get in and end their drought of not making the playoffs, right? It would be so satisf- satisfying to just get in as with what they have, wouldn't it? Like, well, without, yes, like- without having to go add and just we're going to bully our way into the playoffs? Like, Yeah, not, I'm not sure it's realistic. I think if they want to get in, they're going to have to add. Really? I, I'm, like I'm not, not as, I'm not sold on either Washington or Pittsburgh. Like I, I think there's a real chance that Buffalo catches one of those teams just as they are right now. But you don't think those teams will add something? They might, but I, um, I'm not, I don't know. I don't love either one of those teams. They're trending it right now. They're trending in the wrong way and Buffalo's trending up. Yeah, no, that's totally valid. Now, one before I let you go, Frank, if you're the Detroit Red Wings, is Dylan Larkin get the exact same contract, Bo Horvat? Does he get more? What happens? He gets more, and I think the reason is his offensive ceiling and upside is a lot better, and he's also been a way more consistent offensive producer than Bo Horvat. We talked about the, you know, sort of statistical outlier season for Horvat and how this is so far out of his norms. Like Larkin has been a 73 points in 76 game player last season, 69 and 71. Like he's way closer to in an actual full season being a, a real true 80 to 85 point player. And even this year, 43 points in 47 games, he's just a shade under a point per game. Like that's sort of what he is, an 80 point player. Yeah. And he's done it for like five years now or yeah. four years now of like of being in that stratosphere that so I I think eight, his number starts with a nine. Yeah. So eight times nine point five wouldn't seem outlandish. Not to me. It's at least like I said, it at least starts with a nine. And Steve Eiserman has held, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's held pretty firm. Obviously the deal would have been done and good luck, Steve, uh, negotiating. Cause you don't have the benefit of the no state income tax anymore. That was your ace in the hole in Tampa. Well, Frank, have yourself a good week. We will, uh, there'll be lots to chat about. We got some hockey back on tonight, which is great. Fantastic. Some games and the, uh, the playoff race, uh, for some teams, 29 games, only remaining for Washington up to uh, 33 for some other teams. And uh, we will see who gets in and out. Uh, both of us uh, like the Sabres. I like that you're getting on Team Thompson, Frank. It's good to see. I'm, good to uh, see. I'll talk to you Friday. I'm, you got back from Arizona? Yes. I'm heading to Arizona for Super Bowl. Ooh. Are you going to the – like, you going yes. to the – you got tickets? Yep. Your wife can convinced- – whoa, whoa, you're saving this till the end? Nope. See, uh, it happened in an odd way. Uh my dad got his his hands on a pair of tickets, and I'm going with my old man. Holy cow, that is awesome! Yeah. So when he when he going in? Why well, was hey? You know what? The weather is well. The weather is going to be fine. It's uh, 
we were we went to a Suns game downtown. They got everything already started. Like there's there's so much going on for Super Bowl uh, everywhere you go. It's obviously uh, rather pricey for certain places, but um, you you will have no shortage of opportunities to have fun. Uh, you and your you and your father will have a gr- an absolute blast. And um, where are your seats? Uh, actually, he's getting his hands on the tickets today, but I was told they are lower level and quite good. Ooh, so nice. And I'm, so will I'm you be, in. will you be wearing Philly attire? Uh, yes, I will be wearing, okay. I, that's, that's actually what my wife asked me. Cause I don't own a lot of like sports team gear. She was yeah. like, what are you going to wear? And I was like, I gotta, gotta go get, buy some. Yeah. I gotta go get some Eagles gear. Now, will you paint your face? No, no way. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. I, you have I, a better chance do. getting pregnant. Yeah. Well, uh, get a good hat and a good Jersey. And uh, Muddy, that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. So, well, I think we'll talk to you before then. But uh, that's good planning for the week, man. Yeah, I'm uh, jacked up. Let's go, go birds! Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on DailyFaceOff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.